a sense, before we even start mind that we become used to, which is self-centeredness, yeah? Not that mental process, which actually provokes fear and a lot of anxiety, yes? When you rely on that mind of mental of self-centeredness, you're apt to live in a world of anxiety because no matter how nice it is now, there's the possibility it won't be nice later, yeah? With the, with the emphasis on time being so dominant in that thought system, you can't really relax because the next moment is sort of provoking you. Get up and keep going, yeah? So you can't really entertain being here. You're, you're entertaining being in a mental here. And that mental here is just chock full of there and then, yeah? A lot of ideas about past, about you, about them, about the world, and then a lot of mental speculation about a future. Yeah? In that here, that's the here you want to get out of. Yeah? The mental here is the here you want to get out of. I misconstrued it as this here, which is an impossible place. You can't get out of here. You're here. You're like the main ingredient of here. Yeah? You can't leave. We like to get out of the mental here, but when the mental here masks itself as the real here, every every attempt to get out is a form of being in it. Yeah, every attempt, every attempt, every attempt of leaving, you always end up right where you were. Yeah, with another drive to want to leave even stronger, or a disappointment about the impossibility of leaving, yet you can't stop trying to leave. Yes. So, in that mental here, it's taken to be this here. To me, it's the, whole, the main drive of all addiction is trying to get out of here. And the dilemma is, you can't get out of what you're not in. You're in a here, or you are a here, but you're not in the mental here. The mental here is made up. Yeah? The mental here is made up. The mind is making it up. And... What it's producing is it, it produces a sense of irritability, restlessness, and discontent, which causes you to want to get out of the here, which is how you're actually, quote-unquote, in the here. Yeah? For you to be in an imaginary place, it has to seem real to you. Yeah? So the whole point of an imaginary place is to appear real. How, does it, how can it appear real if it isn't appearing real? If it isn't real, it appears real to you. You give it the meaning it has. Yeah? You and I give it the meaning it has. So just like it says in the acronym for fear, false evidence appearing real, false evidence can never be real. False evidence is false evidence, but it can appear real because this place is based on seemingly. Everything appears to be true or false to us. Yeah? Everything is based on seemingly. Nothing here has an inherent reality as it's appearing. Yeah? It's given meaning to by the mind. So if the mind is the dominating presence in your life, yeah, you're going to seem to be inherently absent in most of your days. And then you'll want to get into what you can't be out of. You'll be trying to learn how to get into the moment or be more in the moment or be more present. The pos that's an impossibility because you can't get out of the moment. <laughs> There's no fucking way that you're out of any moment. It appears to your head that you're out of it because your head is entertaining an incredible vast array of impossibilities that you can be out of something. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> or that you can be in something like self. So we got it all ass backwards. We're trying to get into what we can't be out of, and we're trying to get out of what we can't be in. And that's really the basis of all the confusion. Yeah? We can't read the sign. We see, we take an exit sign to be an entrance, and the entrance sign to be the exit. And so what happens when we're traveling? We have to rely on something, so what do you rely on? The thought system, yes. It becomes the final authority. Even in your, let's say, attempt to know God, who lets you know how you're doing it with knowing God? God or you? I would say you do. <laughs> you're the one who's, oh, I'm doing really great. <laughs> I did this and this and this, and I feel really connected. Well, what happens when you don't do this and this and this? You'll feel really disconnected. Yeah. So where is what's everything being relied on? You. Even God's presence in your life is being relied on you. Yeah. If you don't do this and this and this and this, it won't seem to be there. But if I do this and this and this, it may seem to be there. Yeah. I would say it's too important to put into that on that roulette table of black and red of duality, yeah, of doing and having. I think it has to be seen as an innate, inherent nature. In other words, my precondition before all other mental conditions is an open mind. Yeah? Now, I don't say try to know the open mind, because who would it be that would try to know the open mind? I say, let's just look at how it's appearing, what we're taking ourselves to be. Isn't it true that everything that we meet is used to point at the one who met it, yeah? So here's a bottle, everyone sees it a bottle. But then, how we use language about the bottle is it's my bottle. So the bottle now, the, the acknowledgement of the bottle now is used to infer that there's an owner of the bottle. Thoughts, these are my thoughts. So every thought now is used to infer that there's a thinker of the thoughts, yes? Feelings, my feelings. You know, my feelings. So now there's not just feelings, which is the conscious contact. It's now there's a sub, there's a nebulous someone who's having the contact. Yeah. There's a Paul, a, just a vast array, a giant labyrinth of old ideas and meanings. But it's all smoke and mirrors. There's nobody home. Yeah. How it happens is conscious contact sees the consciousness sees the. The bottle. The mental process arises, claims it, says, I'm the one who's seeing the bottle. So now I'm getting the bottle saying, there's a me, there's a my, there's a someone. You never see the someone. It's like in Zen, they say, the finger that's pointing at the moon. Don't get caught by the finger pointing at the moon. In the mental process, there's, all it is is fingers pointing. Our mind, our gullibility, our habitual condition makes the leap into being a someone. Yeah. All it does is all it does is produce the the conditions for that leap to occur all day. With the use of language, with everything is me, my, I, this and that, then the mind just immediately just leaps back to the pseudo someone, the phantom subject. And then that phantom subject now becomes the meat giving the meaning giver of everything we meet. We don't get the experience of, like Buddha said, when seeing, see. 
when hearing hear, when feeling feel, when tasting taste, when touching touch. Now it, now the emphasis is on the seer and what's been seen. Yeah. The hearer and what's been heard. The feeler and what's been felt. The whole expect, a sense of awareness or consciousness or reflecting the consciousness occurring here through contact, conscious contact, is lost. And now there's a story about who's, who is it that's in contact and what, and what is, what is that that I've been in contact with? Which is just the meaning the phantom subject is projecting on it. Yeah. Just the same simple test. Monday you're not feeling like you're in good condition. You've got a big problem. The next day you feel pretty good. The problem isn't a problem for you. Wednesday you're not feeling good. It's a problem again. What is it? Is it a problem or isn't it a problem? It's whatever meaning you give it. Yeah? So hey, maybe travel back, go back and look at the distribution center where those meanings are coming from. Yeah? I would say they're coming from a system of thought and interpretation called self-centeredness. And it's a very apt description. The whole system is defined or centered on the idea of being a self, a long-lasting, independent, separate entity who, who he or she is the doer, the haver, the chooser, the da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da. When those assumptions in place, this is its riffing. Every day, it's like John Coltrane is riffing on the idea of separation. It's a fucking incredible concert. But if you're living the notes, it sucks. Because <laughs> then you can, you can actually be the source of love and feel unloved. <laughs> you can be the source of all expression and yet try and achieve it. <laughs> it's fucking frustrating. <laughs> I really want to be there when it gets good. And it doesn't get good when I'm there. <laughs> it's sort of a drag. I hate to admit it. <laughs> and then the one thing is where everyone's sticking around trying to experience their own absence. <laughs> I really want to be there when I get it. <laughs> You're going to be at that bus stop a long time. <laughs> it just, it, I don't feel, humbly, I don't feel it works that way. I could be wrong. But I, I just humbly, I do not feel it works that way. <laughs> the sense of presence is when you're absent. Yeah, That's what happens. When your mental presence gets diminished enough, you sense another presence. Let's say you want to call it spiritual presence. And that spiritual presence, right, is that feeling of lightness and largeness and clarity and openness. And maybe has then suddenly you have the ability to accept situations as they are, and all these qualities start arising and become applicable based on a simple shift of uh, emphasis. The mental condition has been less emphasized, and now another condition is arising and starting to have a huge amount of influence in this event called living here. Yeah? And in a sense, how it influences this event is that it allows it to travel lighter yeah, as a lasting condition. It doesn't promise or change the terrain of my life. 
I'm going to get fired or this or that. First of all, I'd have to have a job, and so therefore I'd probably not going to get fired soon. <laughs> I've, I've escaped that little dilemma. But you will travel lighter over the terrain of your life. And what more do you freaking want? You may think you want enlightenment and this and that, but if you had relief, I bet you you wouldn't be looking for enlightenment so much. Seriously. If you felt a sense of contentment, I'm telling you, you'd probably be bored stiff reading another self-help book. Seriously. You wouldn't want to buy another DVD of some false hope being dangled in front of you. You know... Remember, I remember I do th- used to do things, and I thought I had a reason why I did them, and then the reason seemed to be fulfilled, and I kept doing them. You know, you don't get these. <laughs> we have no idea what's happening. A narration is trying to keep up with the living. Yeah, you know what I mean. Sometimes it's so far past. You're on a so totally different page than your little narration going on. You know what I mean? I'm so afraid. No, I'm not. <laughs> What's going to happen to me? Who cares? <laughs> it doesn't have many... It's very lazy, and it just keeps re-looping. Yeah. It's because it's been easy. It, it, it's been fishing in a big in a, in a barrel. It's been easy. It catches your attention so easily with the merest hint of, oh, something could happen. <laughs> They're going to find out. Oh, no. <laughs> It's sort of like the mental condition really mimics mimics the physiological effects of fear with mental anxiety. That's what it does. It's sort of like you're getting zapped so many times where that sense of fear maybe in a life comes up 12 times, let's say, in your life. You're getting that 12 times before 1 o'clock in the afternoon. You're getting zapped all day. It's you know what? The system is fucked. It's burnt out. The mental, the, the mental thing, wishing to be godlike, is really it takes itself to be the center of the universe. Yes, and it takes itself to be the only thing that's worthy to be thought about. But it's very, very claustrophobic. In a sense, what you are is like a marathon runner that's been put in a closet. All you're doing is going around the same old, same old, all freaking day, yeah. With maybe the hopes of something could possibly happen differently, yeah. It's it's producing so much mental neuroses, this little claustrophobic thing of being the the sun in this false mental solar system, when all you are in a sense is a dead moon that's barely reflecting the light of the sun, yeah, because of the experience of conscious contact. There is no light in the mental realm. So what happens? Question the moon. If the moon is in the center, maybe the sun will start shining. It's so like in recovery they say, hey, open up to the sunlight of the spirit. So in a sense, we believe in self-centeredness, it's like we're in this room, and there's the sunlight, but there's a big shade drawn. And somehow or another, this is the extreme self-centeredness, there's some, it's going to have something to do with us to let that shade up so that the sunlight of the Spirit can come in. And I may just want to pull it down again. So basically, it's all going to be predicated on you once again. Yes? Extreme self-centeredness. What would happen is, you're not in this freaking room. You're out in the light. You see the shade, but you see the shade from the outside. 
Yeah? It doesn't matter if it goes up or down. Yeah? You, are, you have no relevance in the acceptance or in the recognition or in the availability of the light. None whatsoever. None. You're not, rel- you're not relevant at all. Yeah? You're on the side of the light. Just like if you were on the side of the sun, you would still see clouds, but would they have an effect? To, would they have the power to block you from the sun? If you were on the side of the sun, you would see the same clouds, but you'd be seeing them from another position where they have no influence in you garnering any light. Yeah? That's exactly what it's like. There's a recognition. You're not in a dark room, and you didn't do it. Yeah? It's not like, I made the worst choices. If I just would have seen that guru that time, my whole life would have been different. I shouldn't have got off that meditation pillow. I knew I missed it. I missed the secret handshake. All like that. And now I've got to just look out a little bit. <clears throat> they always close. They close. You know? Fuck that. You're out in the light. You're inherently awake, aren't you? Consciousness is demonstrating. When you're being bad, you're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. When you're being good, you're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching. Yeah? Does it really change much? No. It's a condition that's not a condition. It's a state that's always. Yeah? What could a mental appearance have anything to do with that? How could a mental appearance jockey and get closer to it? Yeah? And also, how could a mental appearance secure your inability to know it at all by its behavior? Obviously, it doesn't have that importance. So suddenly, things that were just assumed to be the way they are get questioned. Jesus Christ, why am I trying to get into this moment so much? Have I ever been out of any moment I've been in? <laughs> I, don't, I can't imagine that. <laughs> and then why am I trying to get out of this freaking thing up there all day? Have I ever actually been in it? I even have a, a long period of time when I was a kid that was obvious that wasn't in place. Yeah, When I was playing when I was a kid, I w- wouldn't be worrying will I be playing next week because time hadn't set up yet. I didn't have any idea of next week. I didn't have any idea of comparison, so I wasn't walking around my house thinking my room is too small. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother's really ugly. I wish she was prettier. And she's embarrassing me when we go out together. Because, oh, look, Mom, dress up better. <laughs> or my, car's, my father's car wasn't big enough. None of that was happening. I had to grow into that state. And it's a mental state. Yeah? And unfortunately, we went up the ass of self, and we can't seem to get out of the ass of self. Because the belief is you've got to realize you never went up the SSO. It appears to be, but it didn't happen. Yeah? What's so has never not been so. That's the only solution that's viable here. Every other solution seems to fall on your behavior, on you doing and you having. Yeah? But a solution that isn't a solution caused by a problem, but a solution in and of its own nature, that's something to rely on. So we need to do, maybe, if you're in a situation where you need to do something, you better do it. Just like in AA. Oh, I think I'll just take this simple way out. I'm not that. Well, let's see how that works for you. It's sort of like someone whose house is on fire and they're burning, but they have a philosophy that's telling them there is no house and 
fire doesn't hurt. But they're having a deep experience that they're fucked. You might as well just get a pail of water. It's more valuable than the philosophy. Yes? So if you have something that's causing your mental condition to suck up all your interest and attention because it's producing consequences and it's causing all this activity in the manifestation here, then maybe find a way for that to get diminished so then that inherent state that's available will become obvious to you. Yeah? It's not like you're going to produce that, that availability. It's available, but in a sense, our mind is preoccupied with this little mental making. Yeah? It cherishes it, so it's consumed with this little fantasy of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Yeah? That's all that happened with me. AA was sufficient to start weakening the effect of alcoholism on me, yes? And then when that thing, the solution dawned, yeah? But it was like an, it was, it's like an, an eternal morning. It never dawns and goes away. It just dawned on me, yeah? And then that influence started having a stronger influence than alcoholism did. And so a junkie wiped out... Uh, parasitical t- character out there became very content and, and very at ease in his conditions in life. Was he that and was he this now? Neither. It's just a possibility. This is just a, an affording of a possibility. Yeah? Something can manifest through this, as this, yeah? By this. But you're not this. Yeah? But something can manifest. And if, if Jesus was correct by saying you can't know the tree, but you can know the tree by the fruit, you'll see it. If you start traveling lighter on a stabilized level, you're on to something. Just keep entertaining what you're entertaining. Yeah. And it's a very loose entertaining. The thought system is seen as not about you, and you're not the, like, the doer of it. So you lose interest in it. Seriously. Just like you'd lose interest if someone else came over and started talking about their troubles that are actually not happening right now, you'd be bored in a minute, wouldn't you? Unless you wanted something from them. You know, like if they were a pretty woman, maybe you'd go listen about their cat for four hours with the hopes of sleeping with them. But as soon as you slept with them, you wouldn't stand listening to their cat for an hour about their cat. Yeah, because your agenda would have been met already, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But let's say you don't have an agenda, you're bored stiff in like a minute. Jesus Christ, but you're listening to this the same way that they're listening to that for 40 years. <laughs> you have to see, watch the glue. It's not the movie, it's the audience, man. The movie sucks, basically. But the audience is what gives it all the meaning it has. You and I are the glue. Yeah? This is about me. 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 I'm depressed. I am depressed. It's about me. Depressed. Yes, it's like milking a dead cow all day. So I found, as soon as it wasn't about me, I lost interest in it. So I don't try to. I don't like to ex- try to describe what we are because you can't. But you can describe the activity of being what we're not pretty easily because you can see it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not you. <laughs> you can see it happening. You can see how it structures, how it reinforces, how it does this and how it does that. And then you can also see how they're all used to point at this phantom. Yeah. But the phantom never shows up. When you call it forth, it never arises. All it arises is finger pointing. 
Yeah, and then the mind takes the leap oh, and assumes, oh, I am that which is being pointed at. I am that which is being pointed at. I am the thinker. I am the feeler. I am the habit. This is my time. Mm-hmm. I am the doer. Fuck that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Look at all guilt and shame. What branch does guilt and shame rest on? Sense of personal doership. You're not going to escape guilt and shame without escaping from the sense of being the doer. There's no fucking way. You can have 50 years of therapy. It's not going to work. You can't. How can you? The root of it isn't because... <laughs> the root of it is that you're taking yourself to be the doer. That's the root. If you want real relief from guilt and shame, you've got to get to the root. Yeah? You can't massage it. <laughs> It's not like Plato, you know, turn into something. You can, you know, like you can gummify it for a little bit, but it's the same. It's the same uh, matter. It's the same stuff. Guilt and shame, yeah. But doership is the branch it rests on. So are you the doer? If you're not the doer, if you aren't the doer, then whose life would it be anyway? The whole premise that it's your life is that you're the doer of the actions in it. Yes, the whole premise. Without that assumption in place, the whole house of cards is so obviously ridiculous, yeah? And doing talks like this for years, the thing that people get upset the most about is when you start tickling their personal doership. Woo! <laughs> yeah, all their little spiritual civilization goes out. <laughs> I remember I read it. I read this transcription of a great teacher. Not a great teacher, but a good, you know, it's good. A riff on non-Jewishship. Four pages. It was a great, great, very eloquently put. And then at the end, because it was transcription, they say student. And then the student goes, oh, I really liked what you had to say. Now what do I do? <laughs> this is the, the habitual predilection of fail-safing right back to the system of self-centeredness. And that's the second part of it. Self can't get out of self. See? Or like they, like Huang Po said, a great Zen master, you can't use the Buddha to find the Buddha. You can't use mind to find mind. Yeah? You can use mind to find a lot of other things, but you can't use it to find mind. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? So doing and having works on a lot of levels here, but on this one level it doesn't work. Because you are that which you want to achieve. Yeah? So it would... That whole, that whole fact ruins the whole process of doing and having concerning this one topic. You can't do and have yourself into being what you are. <laughs> You're basically... <laughs> basically, we're forgetting ourselves by doing and having, to tell you the truth. Yeah. We're, we're, we're taking a mental idea of what we are, which is something that we, as this inherent subject, are going to find and then add on to this greatness that we are already. Mm-hmm. And then we'll become our authentic self. <laughs> <laughs> so, the idea of self cannot get out of self is an incredible, great release. Yeah. When that dawns in you, that self can't get out of self, it provokes an incredible release. Better than like 50 time massages. You just you just drop onto another level of relaxation. Because I'll tell you, the sense of being the doer is an incredible weight. Yeah? It's an incredible weight. We're just getting mere aspects of it by all the meaning we give to our behaviors and our acts. But the weight itself is bigger than all of that. The weight of being the doer, like in the Course in Miracles, it would say that 
there's this thing called guilt. And the deepest guilt was the sense that we knew love and we knew God and we knew this beauty and everything like that. And yet our experience now is that it's not so. And because we're in self-centeredness, we deeply believe we had something to do with the separation. That it was like a choice that we made to leave the garden or leave God or leave love and leave beauty and to enter here. And that guilt is unsurpassable. You're not going to get any way out of that. Yeah? All we're trying to do is dump it, you know, most of the time. Every meaning we give, every meaning the mind gives to an action is trying to get rid of some of it. But it's not. It's like a living, living feeling. Could you imagine, when I was a kid, I, my father got sick when I was six. And I was in a lovely, you know, playing and everything like that. And my family had to tell me, hey, dad's sick. He's not going to play with you anymore. Yeah? Can't go to the baseball and stuff like that. And my, I think they got the, my family doctor, Dr. Julian Quinto, to tell me, you know, Paul, your dad's sick. He's not going to be able to play with you anymore. And I heard this all. But in my little construction... The only way I could see it is I must have done something wrong to make my father not to want to play with me. This is called inherent self-centeredness. Yeah? So there, something had nothing to do with me. I felt a huge amount of guilt and shame about this. I must have been done something wrong to have my father not want to do this. This is what it does. Yeah? On big events and small events, it locks you into separation this feeling of being a someone that's not good enough. Yeah? And in a sense, you know damn well you're never going to get out of that pit. Never. You can go to therapy for 40 years, you're never going to get out of it. Yeah? The great news is you're not in it. That's the only news that works. Seriously, the only way to get out of what we think we're in is to realize we're not in it. Because if you think you're going to get out of this place... Every getting out of this place is being in this place. There ain't no escape. There's no map that's taking you out of here. Yeah? No. No fucking way. The point is to realize inherently, inherently, you're not in here. Yeah? Inherently. Like Jesus says, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. Yeah? So you're in this place, but you're not of this place. You're not of time. You're not of things. You're not of this, you're not of that. I don't know what we are, but we're not of that. Yeah. When that little semblance of soundness arises in the mind, it attracts some downloads that are going to verify that simple little humble, maybe that possibility, I'm not that. Yeah. The downloads will come and will produce the space between you and what you're not, Yeah. so that you can see it. And when you see the construction of it, a very strong impression occurs that I must not be that which I'm seeing, yeah? And all you see is the finger, and the leap isn't made anymore, yeah? You see all the fingers, you see all the eyes, you see this, you see that, but it doesn't lead to taking yourself to be that which is assumed, yeah? Then your inherent nature becomes the dominant influence here, the dominant influence. One way it's dominant, it's always available. <laughs> I mean, incessantly on. Yeah. <laughs> never blinks, never turns a blind eye, nothing like that. No requirements necessary to meet it. It's just always available at all times, right where you are. Yeah. That's a huge influence to be open to. Yeah. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha,
<laughs> the mental realm is trippy, man. Yeah. It spends so much advertising. Yeah. It just tries to grab your attention. Because it's nothing without your juice. It isn't. It's playing God, but it doesn't have any God juice. It needs your juice to play God. Yeah? Without your going along with it, it's, you know, it keeps looking back to make sure you're following it. And when it, when you're not following it, it stops and just goes, it just dissipates. Like, you know, and after a while, its ejaculation is very short. You can't even get it, you know. Two feet, it's like the mental masturbation's over. Seriously, you don't have to clean up after it. I did that. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a maybe I shouldn't end on that note. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think I will on that note. Yeah. That's a nice exclamation point. You see the point, though. See, if self can't get out of self, you know, if a if a mental process product of a mental process wants to leave the mental process, it's an impossibility. It only appears in the mental process that's making it. It doesn't have an existence to leave anything. Yeah? It's sort of like it's an appearance. So it needs the screen, it needs the projector for it to keep occurring. It's not going to walk off the screen and then have to be in another movie. It's the only movie it's in. Yeah? So if you realize that self can't get out of self, then the way to get out of it is to realize, really, really, try to just let it be as real as, as it wants to be, and you'll see it's unreal. My old dilemma when I was young is things overwhelmed me, like people dying and stuff, and I couldn't make sense out of, out of that, and my mental process became the dominant thing relied on, and I basically shut down, and the rest of my life was to make things unreal, basically, because they were too real to me, like, Losing people I love just totally just was way too much my system to process. So it was all right. The whole now the whole job is to make things unreal. Yeah. So first I started reading science fiction and Edgar Allan Poe and stuff like that. Then I found drugs and alcohol. Then I found spirituality. Then I found recovery and all this. But in a way, all I was trying to do is make things unreal. And I realized one day I let fuck it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Fuck it. Let it be as real as it want to be, and it shows its true nature. It's unreal. It's passing. It's fleeting. It doesn't have the ability to to dig in and root, yeah? It's more like a tumbleweed. It's produced by a mental wind, and it just goes on and on and on, yeah? If your attention doesn't follow it, it leaves the frame. If your attention follows it, it starts going around you, yeah? So you're in a fucking desert with a lot of things flying around. Yeah. So as soon as I let them be as real as they want to be, they showed themselves to be unreal. And as soon as I let this be as real as it wanted to be, I saw it as unreal. Yeah. And then I was relieved from the bondage of self. And uh, 
The Urban Renewal Project was canceled, yes. The constant critiquing and judging and going over the plans. Where did I go wrong all day? And who to blame and all that bullshit. All of that still is possible there, but the interest isn't available to really fuel it, yes. And so I don't try to be here. I realize I can't not be here. Yes, that's just an obvious recognition. Yeah, so... <laughs> so when the mental realm tries to present on what's not happening, which it's doing all day, to grab your attention so you can live, you become that mythical mental apparition, Paul, when that thing is seen as it's not happening, what's, the mo- what's more do you need to do when you recognize something isn't happening? There's nothing you need to do. If I was a therapist, I... I, I my specific practice was dealing with what was not happening. My sessions would be like a minute long. As soon as they started running their story about what wasn't happening, I said, that's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) But wait a minute, no, that's not happening. (laughs) What's more there to do? Exactly. Your attention doesn't have to be taken back from all of its like, it's like space-like pursuits. It's never gone to Mars. It's all fucking made up. As soon as you realize that there's no, I have to reclaim, I've lost all, you haven't lost a damn fucking thing. Just recognize nothing's happened, in a sense. <laughs> then you have a sense of what's always happening. Yeah. So I don't know. I find it works, and repetition's helpful come to these meetings and find other people you like better than me, whatever. doesn't matter. The deliverer isn't the point. The message is. And if you entertain it, if you start traveling later, that's all. What's It's a natural reaction to entertain it, you know, a little more. It's not a big deal. And there's no practices for us, anyway. You probably have plenty of practices. And maybe what we entertain will illuminate the practices we already have. We've already probably, in this room, we probably have masked like hundreds and hundreds of practices in our own lives. Yeah, we don't need anything more. Yeah, but maybe we need an ability to illuminate those practices. Maybe instead of thinking the practice is going to produce the light, realize you're the you're the light. Yeah, and maybe the practice will express that more. That's all. But it's not going to produce it. Yeah. So I have a way of life recovery, and I go there a lot because. I don't know, I just do, I like it. And, uh, and the light just keeps on building, it's in and of itself, it's, it's, it's self-generating. Yeah? While the mind's entertaining it, more and more possibilities become obvious. Yeah? And more and more impossibilities are seen to be impossible. In, I truly impossible. And therefore your mind really gets clearer. And now it uses life to express itself instead of trying to achieve something. Yeah? It's a whole different movement. Instead of trying to get something, instead of trying to do and have myself into being, I sense there is a being, and it uses whatever I'm doing and having to express itself. Yeah? Now, in my head, well, you might want to critique how that expression is, but I don't give a shit about that because it's not me. I don't care how it's expressing itself. I, I recognize the expression of it. Yeah? I don't, it doesn't, I, it doesn't have to look a certain way or be in a certain venue. I see every expression is of that. Yeah? It's, it's, it works. So. 
our special guest is here. <laughs> All right, any questions today? No? Okay. Yes. Not that I'm either I am or I'm not, but when I am, and I give it away, not only I'm, what I'm asking is it comes back to me because it honors you too if I honor it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have it by giving it away, yes. But some people, while it's being given away, their mind has a story about it. Those people can get drained, for sure. Yeah? Because the mental, the mental process isn't giving anything away. It's got a price tag on everything. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. So this is more of a... And you'll recognize, I've seen a lot of people who get too much into service, and they get burnt out. Yeah? This is more about being of service. It's more like... A, let's just say, if you look at service, in, in our program of recovery, service is a major thing. Because it's a perfect elixir to the obsession with self. You get out of yourself by helping someone else. All right? So let's say I do service. And after doing service quite a lot, there was a basic pattern of how I felt when I did it. One of the first feelings was I felt bigger or larger, yeah? I wasn't so claustrophobic. And then when I felt, or I call it available, felt available, yeah, to life. And when I felt available, I sensed the presence, Okay? So what would happen is, let's say the self-centeredness would dominate, and back again, I'd go up the ass of self, seemingly, and then I'd need to do service to get out of self. And so I'd do service, and I'd feel available, and I'd sense a presence. Then one time, i sense, hey, that presence, I'm that presence that's being sensed. I'm not the story of the one who needs to do service. <laughs> and if I am that presence, that means I'm available all the time. Yes? And if I'm available, I'm of service. Now, that's a total different state than doing service. Yeah? Totally different. Totally, totally, totally different. It's sort of like an expansion. Instead of keep, keeping being in the same format and then doing certain experiences to get a little relief, it's like changing the whole format by a principle. And then a whole new format appears rooted or, let's say, uh, contained in that principle. So, the principle is, I am that, therefore, there's nothing, I don't need an experience of it anymore, and there's not a particular thing I do to have a sense of it. Yeah? That whole, all that seem to be the fundamental rules of feeling this higher power or, or the sense are blown because the principle shifts. Yeah. If the principle is self-centeredness, you're going to have to keep doing stuff to feel like you're out of self. Yeah, it's just going to be in, it's a form of slavery. You're going to have to keep doing things to feel like you're out of self because the the dominant quote unquote feeling is that you're in self. This is a whole different format. Yeah. So what seemed valuable in the one format is seen to be ridiculous in this other format. Yeah. What, how the hell am I going to improve my inherent state? <laughs> That's an impossibility. <laughs> I can improve mental states, but I'm not going to improve that state. Yeah? And I want to improve physical states, which is fine, but I'm not going to... The physical state isn't going to improve that state. That state doesn't need any improving. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... Let's don't get crazy with questions, though. Yeah. Just, uh, just letting uh, one or two in. Yeah. Uh, how do you... You, you talked about in, in self, you can't get out of self. Uh, I was wondering, is there, is there a way to retrain self? <laughs> <laughs> I think you answered the question. <laughs> I mean, or, or, or you know, look at things differently. Are you going to pick it up again? All right. <laughs> <laughs> you just had a pause. Let it stay down. Seriously, that's the answer you're looking for is the space right there. Yeah, yeah. Things will be revealed and things will... To me, I'm getting dumber and dumber as days go by. Really. More I don't know becomes a dominant thing, which causes an alertness. I'm alert because I really don't know what's going on. When I go to meetings now at AA, which I thought I knew what was going on, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm saying much anymore, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. When the people are talking about where they think they are and how they got there, I don't know if that's true. You know, and I don't know what I used to say as the solution is true anymore. I have no idea. So I'm sort of in a, a state of alertness because I don't know. Yeah, but it, it's like a pause. It's like a hiccup in the mental condition. That, that's a really good place if you can sort of honor it at least instead of moving to the next question or the next thought or the next idea but to honor the pause when that selfing has a hiccup you know when it it gets frozen and when it gets frozen raw mind is available when the mental process gets locked up like you get like when I first was introduced to this idea it locked up my mind quite a lot lot when I read it or I heard it, I would feel my mental process would lock up. It wasn't moving anymore. And there was something available when it stopped, which was this pause or this sense of presence, like silent presence. Yeah? I mean, a very perfect, a very uh, real tactile silent right. sense. Yeah? Like really like a, a pregnant. Yeah? And then the head wanted to keep, just regenerate and keep going. Yeah. But enough of those were available. I saw that as my that that is the nature of my mind. Okay. That is not the activity, the mental process is producing, but that space, that silence. Yes, that in, that in, imminence. That's like uh, it's just vibrating. Yeah, I felt that. So that pause you get and that clarity that kind of comes in right after. That's the that's yes the higher self. I would. Not the highest self, or but the, yes. The clarity. Exactly. The downloads that come from there tend to can change your whole fucking life here. Right. Yeah? That's what happened to me when I got sober. I was just drinking. It was a regular day at the office. I had already had so many bottoms. I'd spent two years and three months in programs. Mm-hmm. I had given up all hope of anything ever getting better. Seriously. I had almost no hope left. And all I wanted was to stay high until the next time I went to an institution jail of death. Really. And then I was just sitting there drinking a bottle of Royal Gate Vodka with this guy. And suddenly, my, that selfing, that activity, the mental process came to a screeching halt. Just for about two or three minutes. It was almost like a portal opened up. And I sensed that pause, yeah, yeah which scared the bejesus out of my conditioning. <laughs> but I, the conditioning hadn't even arisen for those three minutes. So right. the download occurred, and that download changed my behavior from the next second on. I didn't have a drink. I got up, walked out to a phone booth, called the program I had been in that I'd left 10 months earlier, asked if I could come back in, called a woman up, she brought, came up, 
The next day I went to an AA meeting. I've been sober and clean ever since. So that download provoked a change in this experience, a, a, an incredible dramatic change in this experience that keeps on keeping on. Can you imagine if you entertain that? Instead of just being the recipient of its effect, but you actually entertained it, not just waiting to have its effects, but to honor that? Yeah, I'm telling you. So the downloads that come from that have a lot of valuable information. Yeah? Yeah, oh yeah? And they translate into behaviors or to attitudes, and you're surprised because your old conditioning is the old conditioning, yet now there's new behaviors occurring, and you get surprised quite a lot for a while. Yeah. You're like, Jesus, is that me? <laughs> you know? <laughs> because it's not, you're not responding or reacting like you used to. That's fucking working, yeah? yeah. Yes. Oh, but if you, op- if you attempt to receive the download or claim it by self, it's called self-knowledge. And in recovery, we say self-knowledge avails us nothing. So when you have this huge bit of information about who you really are, it's bogus. <laughs> yeah. It's about who you really aren't. It's never about who you really are. All the information, all the knowledge is about what you're not. It's not about what you are. You are that already. The knowledge is about what you're not. So by realizing you're not that, you get to sense, sit, or sense what can't be had, that can't be experienced, that can't be claimed, that can't be made into anything. Yeah? So your apparatus finally gives its all of its constructed movements formed by self-centeredness, it collapses and then something becomes obvious. Yeah? But you can't embrace it, you can't have it, you can't make it your own, you can't alter it, you can't amp it up, Yeah, you can't turbocharge it, it's just there. <laughs> Untouchable, but always available. Yeah? Yeah. And it has a big impact here. I found in my life, and I watched other people, in spite of themselves, when a download has occurred, their lives change. Yeah. It's not the point that the life change, it's to just acknowledge what's happening a little bit, you know? Like that worshipping at the true altar, in a sense, is the living experience of consciousness manifesting. You know? And you are right at, you are the altar. This is where it's happening. This is where the communion is. This is where the sacraments are given. Yeah? This is where all meaning is occurring. Yeah. So, Just like you can follow the meanings and go back to self, you can follow the meanings that start happening back to no thing. Yeah. And that's your original face. When you truly see that all you are is seeing, that's your original face. Yeah? There is no Clayton there. The mind isn't dominated or defined by the mental frame that it's been living through. Yeah. It's open and wide like the sky. And clarity abounds. And just an incessant onness that is like a like the most perfect Tibetan bell, just constantly ding on and 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 on. Behind every little appearance, by having all the distractions, there's always that. Yeah? And so when your attention starts being keen on that, it overrides all this shit, all this boredom that looks exciting, you know? Yeah. So, 
That's it. That looks exciting, you know? Yeah. So, that's it.